welcome to today's edition of the Transition Guide. Peter Balker here, joined by Rick Crosland, author, coach, thought leader. Thanks for joining us today, Rick. Yeah, thanks, Peter. Now, we go back quite a bit. And what's quite interesting, so we both started off as coaches, and you've kind of found your passion, haven't you? I have, yeah. So, tell us about your passion. It's really about the joy of a team of A players. And if you look at you know, all the factors on engagement and all that, right? how people feel about their teammates is so important. And uh, so really our brand promise, if you will, is a team of A players. Well, so so why, 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 why team of A players? What led you to this whole A player sort of direction that you've ended up in? I think really people need to work at their their absolute best. And one thing that we say as we talk into this is is really important for your audience is everybody deserves to be a player somewhere. So I really believe people are ordained to do great work. Well, where can you really be great? Because when you do great work, your your life has purpose. You produce value for a company. And it's just kind of a virtuous cycle that comes up where, you, you know, you're able to get promoted. More goodness comes. The goods and services your company produces increase your value goes up, and then you're actually in a position where you can actually mentor others and, and grow the organization. Yeah, but not everyone can be an A player, surely. I think everybody can be an A player somewhere, maybe not at your organization, at the entrepreneur. You know, a lot of people sign up for work for work's sake as opposed to, where can I be great somewhere, regardless of what that vocation is? And when you're really great at something, all the practice and all the things that make people great doesn't feel like work. It's not treasury because it leads to a greater purpose. So what you're basically are saying that sometimes we mishire people where we take people because they think they can play in that particular organization, but the reality is they just, it's not right for them. Exactly. And... You know, if you look at reasons and things to look for, right, is one, can you be good at something? And we'll probably talk a little bit about hiring practice a little bit. As a hiring manager, someone's track record is their best predictor of success. So you want to find people who have done something in a similar industry to yours or a similar vocation to yours. You can actually get people who transition who can be quite good. You're a transition guy. So you can actually find people who transition, but you're looking for a pattern. Uh, the other thing is, do they like the people that they work with, and do they trust the management? If you have those three factors, you have a very engaged employee. But you do need to find people who know that their purpose on planet Earth is doing what they're doing from a vocational standpoint. So how does your book fit into all of this? You know, if you look at, uh, there are a lot of B players and obviously a lot of C players in organizations. And I was actually doing a team alignment day one uh, one morning, and it was about 7.30 in the morning, the CEO, before the 8 o'clock start, said, Rick, you know, it would be really good if the outcome was if people could think like this. And essentially what that CEO was asking for was, you know, could you teach people how to think like an A player? And I had done a similar alignment time and time again. I said, why don't I just write this down? And so the outcome of the book is uh, A players perform at even higher. Uh, in fact, the best sales of the book are to A players. But there's a lot of B players who, you know, read it and say, you know what, I haven't been living up to all my potential. Uh, there's stuff in here that I've actually been driving people nuts with, and, and I haven't been giving it my all, and I haven't been aligned, and I've been working for a paycheck. And when they clean up their game, just amazing things happen. So it's been transformative for those B players. Uh, you might ask, well, what about the C's? Well, the C's just a worse version of the B, right? And... Uh, 
it gives those folks a chance, right? Because the C, you know, I like to say A players are awesome, B players are basic, C kind of can't stand. So for the C, most of the time, it's a pretty easy decision, right? You can kind of have that come to Moses meeting, so to speak. And, uh, you know, are you going to be on board or not, right? And most people won't tolerate a C. But the B, I think managers, we want to save people, right? But most of us aren't really all that skilled at all the coaching and, and, mm. and motivating people. And I, I do believe people should be self-motivated back to we got to find what we're passionate about. Because if we're passionate about something, we'll work really hard to be great at it. When it's great, it doesn't feel like work. Uh, but for those B players, a lot of times they just haven't been trained. And I actually have a lot of young people who read the book, and they're like, they don't teach us at school. And obviously that's a great feeling. Uh, so the idea with the book is the leader reads it first. Because uh, a lot of times the, the leader's not being an A player. And then have the whole team read it and then talk about the concepts. Uh, you know, going chapter by chapter even is a great book study for a, a high performance team. And again, um, my best readers of the book are the A players. And they reflect, they look and take an inventory of what they're doing great at. And they also look at, hey, here's an area for improvement. Now, one of the traps that I've noticed, especially with mid market businesses, a lot of them have been started by entrepreneurs that really never knew how to run a business, mm-hmm. never knew how to hire, have kind of just scaled, 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 brought on people, brought on people, brought on people, but now are stuck with this disjointed team. How do you start to get the CEO to hire better? That's probably one of the biggest challenges. Right, absolutely. Great question. And I'll just take a quick step back in a transition from where we were just discussing to where we're going is, have the team declare, are we going to be a group of A players? That's the first decision. And instead of cutting the C's, the first decision is, aspirationally, are we going to be A's? So that's a decision the business owner needs to make. Once you do that, it's, okay, coaching people up to become an A. And then it's, as we're growing, we need to augment and hire people to actually fill that out. Your question is, they were, it was done by the seat of their pants. There's kind of an adrenaline thrill to, hey, let me see if someone will work out. Hmm. There's a lot more science to that, right? As I mentioned earlier, there's a pattern, there's a predictability. Uh, unlike the stock market, someone's best predictor of future success is what they've done in the past. Mm-hmm. And there's a predictive pattern. Uh, we use big data tools. We look for passive candidates. And then we, we do a very extreme vetting process. We, and you need to take it in steps, right? Because uh, if you say, well, is that person good? I'll say they look good to this point because so far things look good. Uh, the eight players, everything checks out. Uh, they do a career history form. They're going to put about two hours of time into that. You might use an assessment. I happen to use Caliper. That gives you kind of a DNA of how somebody's wired. Are they, are they naturally wired to do the position? Because if they're naturally wired, they'll be comfortable in it. Mm-hmm. If you have to get up every day and change your skin, it's a lot harder to perform. Uh, some people can do that, but it's, it, it induces stress on them. Uh, then we have the interview process. You know, a longer interview. And the A player, it's like a highlight reel. For a B player, you find them, you know, won't be consistent. They'll trip themselves up. They can't go into any kind of depth or detail because they really weren't on the front lines producing the results. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, we're looking for results through that because, you know, when you have results, as I like to say, the beer tastes better, right? When you have results, all good things kind of come from results. Uh, we do that. It's a good alignment. You know, you can ask somebody, again, what have you done in your past that would lead us to believe you'll be successful here? We're looking for very specific things. 
Uh, by, by all means, don't ask hypothetical questions because they can make those up. And uh, I think the bane of hiring is the show dog. Somebody looks good, they talk like you do, they're going to say things they know you want to hear. That makes us feel good, but they don't have those concrete results. But how many CEOs, owners of businesses, hire that bullshit artist? Uh, far too many, by the yeah. way, and particularly in a tight economy. I mean, we have a worldwide economy where you have the States, you have Europe doing really well. I mean, here in the States, we have unemployment in some markets less than 3%, which means, you know... They're, they're close they're, to 0%. Close to 0%, right? right. So if you're uh, a candidate that a firm of, uh, that I work was looking at, right, they, they change jobs. They're the job hopper, right? So they're in the skill set. They're in the industry. They look good on paper. But I guarantee when you look at a candidate like that, and they've only been a place, you know, uh, this candidate a year in one position, 18 months in the next, there's no way you can produce results. So either they are getting found out or they're picking their companies poorly. How do you deal when a CEO isn't an A player? Oh, that's a great question. Because very often what happens is the person that scales up the business, they're not playing their top game. Yeah. That's an excellent question, Peter, and a tough one, right? I mean, at some point, they need to come to grips that they're not performing. And, you know, what do you know about an A player? Uh, they admit their mistakes, right? If somebody is literally putting their head in the sand and the world went around them and, and they're just benign to it, that's a difficult situation. And, and it's going to have to hurt for the CEO to change that bad behavior. Uh, if they're burning through people, if strategies aren't sticking, if nothing's executing... At some point, it comes on them. Uh, usually, it's going to take a pain point to get them to a point where they're going to have to change their ways. And what's the consequence if they don't? They'll keep getting what they got. And, you know, at some point, and again, if, you know, as we like to say, revenue sanity, uh, profits are vanity, and cash is king, you know, at some point, if the cash and the profitability isn't dropping to the bottom line, at some point, you know, you're going to have that, that you and I have both had that tough discussion of, are you truly prepared to change? Yeah. And, you know, a weaker CEO will make excuses. If you do something like a 360, uh, by the way, when I do a 360 with a leader, if it, if it comes back kind of uh, with some really pointed advice, some, some candid feedback, I will read it to them so they don't try to shoot the messenger. And, you know, a lot of times like, well, who said that? I'm going to go find them and, you know. And basically do what they normally do and totally belittle them. Belittle them, bully. Yeah, yeah. berate them. A bunch of B player tendencies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if not worse. So the majority of the listenership, readership on this sort of channel tend to be the business owner, the CEO. If we take your book, what would be the three top tips you would give them from the work that you've done? Yeah, first of all, leaders are readers, right? So any good book they're going to read. My book was intended to be that that part of the canon, that book study. In fact, I just ran into a CEO today who, uh, I forgot I sent him the book. He goes, thanks for the book. So I forgot I sent it to you. But he said, uh, I implemented it. It's made a, a big impact in my business. And it's part of our canon. It's part of our library. And executives are reading it. And he, he really indicated it made a, an instant impact. But the CEO has to read it first. If the CEO said, hey, this is good for you, but not good for me, we have a congruency problem right off the bat so the CEO needs to read it. Then get their lieutenants, their next echelon, to read through this. And then go through it together. Uh, I really recommend a, there's 21 chapters in the book, 21, 22 chapters, you know, a week by week. You know, get through it in a half a year, a deep dive, a discussion. 
by the way, back to empowerment and engagement, people want to be heard. Hey, what are you going to do based on those pages, those chapters? And uh, do that. Uh, another thing you can do is actually do a team alignment day based on the content where you actually go through and uh, define what an A player in your organization is at a more macro level. And then job by job, uh, if you go to my website, you can get an A player agreement template and uh, make A player agreements. If you want instant performance, define A player performance for each of your roles. But it really starts with the CEO. So again, if the CEO doesn't read, if the CEO doesn't develop themselves at the end of the day, they can only ever grow the business to their level of incompetence, basically. Correct. And, you know, when you, a great way to start is to say, we're going to, you know, 2018, we're going to be the year of the A player. By the way, that's very aspirational for the team. Now, talk is cheap, results are priceless. When a CEO declares that, as you just mentioned, they have to be open to that candid mm. feedback and are they performing as an A player? And they really need to be able to ask, am I performing as an A player or how am I doing? And take that feedback and adjust. If anybody is making measurable progress in reasonable time, I don't think there's anybody in an organization who won't give you credit for the movement. Mm. If you're making movement, that is fantastic. And you, know, you might ask, well, what about a C player? Well, if a C moves to a B, that's good movement. But we never stop there. They have to get all the way to an A. And that's a challenge. That's one of the things that they do. If someone moves from a C to a B, they kind of think they take a big, big sigh, a big pat on the back, back on the back, <laughs> deep breath, and they say, do you know what, I've done my job, when they haven't. And really, given where we are with the economic cycle and access to labor being that tight, yeah. you've got to step up your game if you want to get the talent. If you're playing, if you're fielding B players, it would just be like a football team fielding their second or third string. It's that acute. For every B you're tolerating, again, you have the choice to coach them up. The book is meant as a tool to help the leader coach so that, therefore, both parties have to read the book. You know, just so they're on the same page. Uh, so I take it then, for most people, because a lot of people are kind of really concerned about reading, a lot of people are not used to reading, but it's not a difficult read, is it? I heard a lot of feedback from readers that it, it really is a page-turner. Now, again, it's a business book. I did write it, but they, they say, hey, it's interesting. There's a lot of topics, a mix of new and proven strategies. And, uh, you know, even if you bounce around the book and, you know, Chapter 12 is a player acumen, you know, that, that chapter alone might be enough. Thank you. And the reality is, if you filled your B or your C squad in a game, ultimately you're getting relegated. And it is now different for business. If you haven't got your best team, you're not going to grow your business eventually. You're going to have your business contract. Right. That's just a fact. So what's the second tip? Uh, so second tip would be really get everybody aligned around that concept of being an A player. Right? I, I like the annual theme concept. It's... It's worked 100% of the time. We've used it with businesses. And then really just start that dialogue. Uh, third tip would be those A-player agreements. Draft them for everybody. They take about two, three weeks per agreement, so they take some work. Uh, but what, here's what happens when you, you, you coach up people. It's probably the first time they actually saw your clear expectations on what the role is. You can also use those for your postings or in identifying the talent. It's, it stands out like a beacon and it's almost a, a built-in scorecard when you're selecting people. It'll help you uh, prevent some bad decisions. Because you make a mishire, 
it's it's a very costly. It's really at least five times the base salary in terms of the cost of that mistake. And really, when you talk about millennials, these agreements are crucial for millennials because well, they want clarity. And millennials love them, right? I mean, what I say when people ask, people ask me about millennials and culture all the time. And I say, in no disrespect to millennials, they don't know better because they've never worked in a full-time position. They might have never worked an internship. The millennial... From, from my vantage point, is craving leadership, right? And they know it when they see it. And if you say, here's the things, here's how our operations work. I use a pink shirt example. If we wear pink shirts and that gets us great results in the business and we love pink shirts, then the millennial in the interview, if they truly love pink shirts, then don't come up day one and say, I don't like pink shirts, right? Uh, and that happens all the time in the interview, right? But if you have those kind of, a lot, you know, cultural values that work in mm-hmm. the organization, the millennial is truly seeking those out. They're seeking purpose. They've been taught purpose all their life. Now it's the first time they've been asked to generate results that help others. Because you think about it, a millennial, right, who's gone through university, it's all about them. Mm-hmm. All those grades and all that is focused back to them. Uh, here in the States, you know, it's common for a millennial to have a quarter million dollars of education and they show up for work and they're not ready to go. Uh, so we have a big give back as business owners to actually train up this generation. There's a big movement to put education in corporation and not in university. So I'm a big fan of developing people. Mm-hmm. And again, those A-player agreements show what the work product should be. The millennial is craving specificity. And they most of them really quite like the feedback. And again, a long, extensive interview. Even for a new grad, our interviews are about two hours long. They know we're serious. Yeah. And we know, they know and they appreciate that we're serious in them. And we're going to hold them accountable. And uh, I have a 100% millennial workforce in my business. And uh, they tend to really like the candor. And they tend to work really hard. Yes. When engaged. When engaged. Yeah. So if people want to know more about what you do and more about their material, where do they need to go? Uh, you can find it all at www.aplayeradvantage.com. Uh, can I say it again? Yep. You can find it all at www.aplayeradvantage.com. There you'll find resources. You'll find some uh, free downloads, templates, tools, and also information on how you can get out of the book. And if they want to purchase the book, I take it they can buy it from you direct or Amazon? Uh, You know what? I do it all through Amazon or Barnes & Noble. uh, I'm a big fan of bulk bulk, books. I'm a big fan of bulk book sales. Uh, The reason is to get enough for your team. So uh, 1-800-CEO-READ. So all those links are on the website. Uh, you know, I want to help my partners on that. And I mean, you know, these days, Amazon's Barnes & Noble. You've got to get books in people's hands quickly. And is your book available on audio or not quite yet? Not quite yet on audio. It's available in paperback, hardcover, and uh, ebook. Well, thank you for your time today. Now, for those of you sort of tuning in today, if you resonate with the stuff that Rick's been covering off, and you have more questions, head over to Booker.com and get in touch. And remember, failing to learn is learning to fail.